the Hammered Stein Ballroom. Welcome to the Drunk Wrestling History Roast of Tony Khan. Presented by Jack's Beer. Never heavy, never harsh. Mellow, bright, clear, and light. Tonight's roasters are the Drunk Wrestling Historians, Scott Toon and Eddie Martin, as well as wrestling superstar C.M. Punk. And now, please welcome your designated Roastmaster, Adam Rabinovitz. Thank you. Thank you. Drunk Marks, Drunk Marquettes. Welcome to the roast of Tony Khan. It's Tony Khan, right, Eddie? Not Nick Khan? Tony Khan. Okay, are you sure New Year's Revolution? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Just want to make sure. All right. Tonight, we take jabs at the CEO of All Elite Wrestling. Just like Danhausen, we're going to share some humor, but we're also going to be very evil. Uh, before we get to the jokes, I just want to make sure that everyone can hear, uh, especially those in the back. Uh, just let me know what volume works. If you want loud, louder, or Eddie playing metal music at three in the morning loud. <laughs> hey, let's, uh, let's hear it for Eddie Martin. <laughs> you play late night music so loud that San Lorenzo Hot Tropics doesn't need to invest in a PA system. <laughs> Hey, uh, say hey to AARP member Scott Toon. <laughs> Scott is claiming that he doesn't uh, have any time to record because, I don't know, has this been cutting into your private time watching Pete Dunn videos? <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's a great dad and Peyton just got into high school, which means pretty soon she'll be driving. I think her weekends will soon consist of driving herself and her friends away from that 50-year-old that collects toys. Let's hear it once again for Eddie Martin. This year, in place of his set, he's just going to suggest songs to play on YouTube while holding the remote hostage. Oh, he has a set ready? Either way... Whatever he has will cause a good majority of you to projectile vomit. <laughs> oh, you think I'm kidding? We already covered three matches from WrestleMania X7 before recording it, and it still ended up becoming our longest episode ever filled with bullshit. <laughs> okay, okay, here, I'll give you a preview of Eddie's set. Dude, say something about Tony Khan. Uh, fucking put on Man of War. <laughs> I only stay on the show and put up with your shit because you do make killer tri-tip and wings. <laughs> Let's hear it for our server, Virgil. There he is with some vodka in hand. He's serving some absolute to Ricky Starks. Uh, I want to thank all of the WWE wrestlers that are here. I know many of you have been brought up through NXT in hopes to achieve the dream getting caught in shitty booking and getting scrapped up by AEW. 
this can also be a good wake-up call to you in case you don't make it to AEW. If you don't make it in the ring, you could start posting sexy online content. Just like Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, and Dolph Ziggler. You know he has some Spirits Squad cheerleader picks. <laughs> I know one that this isn't happening to anytime soon. Acknowledge your tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Bloodline's been hurting, and I think it may have something to do with his big red boots that he now wears in the ring. It's practically Ronald McDonald. <laughs> My favorite part is when he does the We The Ones gesture, because that means he's pointing at the Big Mac combo on the menu. <laughs> Ironically, that's also what he does during his time off while Universal Champion. <laughs> hey, I want to congratulate Carmella and Alexa Bliss on their little ones, and hopefully we'll become future champions. Unfortunately, Charlotte's immediately going to feel entitled to a title match against each of them. <laughs> Every time Charlotte wins a title, a fairy dies. Every time Charlotte wins a title, Tony Khan signs another WWE wash-up. Every time Charlotte wins a title, Nick Cannon has another kid. For fuck's sake, man! Condoms! There are so many AEW wrestlers here. Backstage, I even heard screams of, Scissor me, daddy! But then I had to tell Eddie and Scott to put their pants on because we were about to start the roast. Uh, we're glad to be back here in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Eddie was actually going to book us at the ballroom of a five-star hotel. Uh, but it actually turns out it was a one-star hotel just called the five-star hotel. I don't know how you'd fuck that one up again. <laughs> oh, you like that joke. Oh my God, MJF is dying over there. Someone get him an oxygen tank like at his Iron Man match at Revolution. <laughs> All Elite Wrestling Champion, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Whenever you wear that textured white devil mask, you look like the masked magician. The only difference is that he teaches us how magic tricks work, while you teach us how to be a total asshole. <laughs> it's now time to say hello to one of the hottest wrestlers to ever step into an AEW ring, and one of Chicago's very own, Sky Blue! Her finishing move is a version of a powerbomb, but it's in the style of a Canadian destroyer called Code Blue. You know, like a Mountain Dew flavor. Eddie does the same thing when he keeps buying up and drinking Anchor Brewing cans and falling on his ass backwards, thinking that he's saving the company. <laughs> what I meant to say was, let's welcome former wrestling superstar from, insert wrestling company here, CM Punk. <laughs> Just like me, he's having a non-alcoholic beverage. Since it's the tattoo on his arm, we poured him an ice-cold Pepsi into a real glass. Crimea River. <laughs> so, looks like your gimmick of preaching how you're the best in the world and how the wrestling world needs to revolve around you like you're some kind of martyr seemed to cause your WWE and AEW departures. But hey, listen, I know you're going to land on your feet. You can see CM Punk doing the exact same thing in his next gig, preaching at subway stations and college campuses. 
Malachi, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King are here at the House of Black. He almost didn't come until we told Hulk Hogan that's just their name. Hulk Hogan also claims it was his decision to change it to Zero Hour from AEW Dark. Eddie Kingston is here. He was almost attacked in the parking lot before entering until we told Hogan that he and Kofi are not related. Speaking of groups that Hogan doesn't like, Dark Order is here. Now there's a cult with personality, punk. What the hell is with Vince McMahon's new mustache look? Is it right to assume that Excalibur calls him Vicente McManuelos? Excalibur wears a mask, not because of a Lucha Libre background, but because he has a face for radio. This might be Tony Khan's night. Some may question if he really is successful or if he's claiming it because he gets to play with dad's money. Speaking of dad's father of the year, Christian Cage is here. What a gimmick, trying to be a father to Luchasaurus and you kept wearing the TNT title around your waist? What sucks is Luchasaurus, you're a fucking monster and you didn't try to get it back? No wonder the dinosaurs died out. Man, Christian, you were so cool with the brood the creative poses, being Captain Charisma, and riding on the tail of your even more successful partner, Edge. Oh, you didn't like that? Go fuck yourself. You all talk about the pillars of AEW, so on that note, I want to say hi to Brian Cage, Wardlow, and Powerhouse Hobbs, the poppin' pillars of AEW. From the Blackpool Combat Club, there's John Moxley! Man, you were a lunatic in WWE and its PG days. You've become a psychopath since joining AEW. If Tony books you in a pillow fight, you still come out looking like you were in a Saw movie. Good day to Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher. You all know them as Aussie Open. Eddie and Scott weren't excited to hear that they were coming because they were planning to show up in a crazy train literally to watch Ozzy open. <laughs> Let's say hi to Harley Cameron. For those of you who don't give a shit who she is, including those of us on stage, uh, she's practically Jillian Hall finding excuses to sing terribly and is a waste of oxygen, bones, and skin in the ring. <laughs> yeah, nice original idea signing her, Tony. Now, if Eddie and Scott ever attend an AEW taping, they'll know when their piss break is. <laughs> Harley, the difference between you and Jillian Hall is that you don't have a growth on your face. I know because when you first showed up on Rampage and tried to get Anthony Bowen's growth on your face, he shut you down and pointed out that he's gay. <laughs> Fuck yeah, he is! Tony, you also have a few wrestlers that paint half of their face. Thunder Rosa, Darby Allen. I'm sure Sammy did it to Ty before impregnating her. Well, Don Callis is here. Fittingly, that's his name, because just like an actual callus, he's an unwanted growth of skin. 
I see Soraya and Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Soho. They're not hanging out with Tony Storm because she's now convinced that she's Marilyn Monroe. Not even successful Marilyn. She's troubled and dumb blonde Marilyn. <laughs> Look at it this way. At least she's portraying one of America's biggest sex symbols, as opposed to Daddy Magic Mac Menard portraying one of the biggest abstinence symbols. <laughs> Matt, I don't know what it is about you, the factions you join, your mic skills, or your persona. I also don't think you would have any reason to go to one, but just to be safe, I feel you should stay about 500 feet away from schools. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's hear it for the man of the hour, Tony Khan. <laughs> Tony, you're running a great competitive platform that is giving WWE a run for their money. You're also known for working with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Strange, Bill's Mafia goes through more tables than you. <laughs> There's one cool thing that came out over the summer. At the Jaguars practice facilities, you've installed urinals that record hydration levels and test urine. You are so generous bringing these to AEW, and I'm guessing it's probably the reason why you signed Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Dude, pick Jaguars or pick wrestling. The Jags aren't going anywhere. I mean, aside from when the franchise leaves because you demanded a billion dollars in taxpayer funds for a new stadium... Because the only highlight at your current place is Jake Hager and Chris Jericho repelling from the Jumbotron. <laughs> Listen, I get it. You're a big fan of wrestling. You want to express your unique take and presentation of it. And you do it with Daddy's wallet and Ted Turner's wallet, thinking you could just privately fund your way to significance. Who do you think you are? The Vegas Golden Knights? <laughs> Tony, you've created a great platform where great talents can perform and get their name out there. But looking at your roster, you support wrestlers the same way Aunt Becky puts her kids through college. <laughs> Production-wise, you let Mox enter with Wild Thing, Jurassic Express with Tarzan Boy, and you even have living legend Elton fucking John doing your collision theme. Great job with these, but these don't mean shit because you didn't have ACDC sing TNT. It's dynamite on TNT. <laughs> you could buy the best of music rights, but ACDC is where you draw the line. <laughs> I guess you're not ready for a good time. <laughs> You need to work on having a successful wrestling platform instead of announcing every other week that shows will either be at Daly's Place or the legendary Arthur Ashe Stadium. We stop kissing Arthur's ass and go expand your map? Come to California more often or go visit where our listeners are. I know we've already been to London. Expand the market. Go to Australia. Head through the Forbidden Door and put a show on in Japan. Or even go to India. You don't have to put on a show in India. I just want you to go over there and find that one dude in India. We miss him here. <laughs> All kidding aside, what you have right now is very entertaining. I very much enjoy it and have a great time at all the shows that I've seen live. I know you have a fun time doing it. But I'm especially entertained by your Twitter meltdowns where you spit out buy rates and ratings in an attempt to show off your analytics boner the same way Stephen A. Smith gets hard whenever the Cowboys lose. <laughs> Tony, you're running a great platform that is giving WWE a run for their money. 
And I'm sure you won't fail and end up like WCW with their weird antics. You know, like letting wrestlers spray paint world title belts, having movie franchise characters show up, and having an aging Jeff Jarrett wrestle. <laughs> What's that? Really? All three? Never mind. (laughs) Tony, want you to sit back, relax, have fun, and don't be a hater. Because haters gonna hate. Am I right, Jamie? (laughs) All right. Our first roaster is Scott Toon. I want to point out that I do not want drunk wrestling history to end. And I also don't want Scott's aging ass to be a factor. (laughs) I don't want you to leave, not just to continue the show, but... Because after you bankrupt your family after buying too many toys and Shannon leaves you, it'll be up to me and Eddie to help wipe your ass that's excreted so many chalupas. (laughs) I am not putting up with that. (laughs) Please welcome Taco Bell's favorite customer and the plumbing industry's least favorite customer, Scott Toon. Hey everyone, keep it going for Adam. Isn't he doughy? The host with the most, blood sugar. When Adam isn't bombing at improv or still delivering his roast open from last year, he can be found making out with Disneyland's Main Street against its will. But don't worry, he at least gets it wet first. I've been looking forward to this roast about as much as Flair's liver is looking forward to his next drink, so I'll try to make this go faster than Tony Khan's Coke stash. Mexico's greatest export since Scarlet Fever, Alberto Del Rio is here. Latin, no heat. Del Rio's charisma and crowd reactions are so flat that AJ Styles mistook them for the earth. I'm glad that Dana Brooke could make it here tonight. Following in Mandy Rose's footsteps, Dana just recently started a fan time subscription site. Her only fan is thrilled. Everyone's favorite lesbian aunt, Ric Flair, is here. Does anyone have the over-under on how long it's going to take Flair to start crying tonight? Between tears and blood, Flair has left more DNA in the ring than Paige has left on world titles. (laughs) Jesus, this crowd is so ugly that Chris Jericho is considering getting it as his next tattoo. Speaking of Jericho, Ralphus is here. Oh wait, that is Jericho. How's it going, Chris? Y2J, the meatloaf of wrestling. Not Meatloaf the singer, but that lumpy ground-up pile of shit that nobody in the family wants. I mean, you could be Meatloaf the singer if you were any good, but maybe you're more like the Vince Neil of wrestling. An overweight, aging hack with shitty tattoos who stopped trying years ago and is desperately trying to stay relevant with what little skill and talent remain by surrounding himself with more talented people than he is. Chris, you've won a ton of belts in your career, not one of which you've had the decency to hang yourself with. Hmm. I guess you and Benoit aren't that alike after all. (laughs) Dixie Carter is here. Dixie is to running a wrestling promotion what Nia Jax is to working safely in the ring. Dixie is to good booking what Vince Russo is to good booking. Dixie is to sending emails what Vince McMahon is to covering up banging paralegals. You are a giant, ghoulish-looking woman. I'm talking to you, Eddie. What's up, dude? 
your blood pressure. Thanks for taking time out of your busy work schedule of watching wrestling and jerking off in the back of your truck to join us here tonight. Eddie, I don't really have any jokes at your expense this roast. You're my best friend, this is our show, and I'm happy that we're going to continue to make it together. You're not a sentimental dude, and I know you aren't one to reminisce, but I guarantee that one day you'll listen back to this show and say to yourself, God damn, I miss my left foot. <laughs> Mr. Backstage Fight Club himself, CM Punk is here. The man who had Tony Khan scared for his life. Apparently, Tony never watched you in the UFC. I'm not saying you were bad in the UFC, but I've seen the Dark Order throw better punches, and I've seen harder blows in Victoria's home movies. There are rumors going around that the WWE is going to hire you again, but I think we have a better chance of seeing Hogan's dick get hard watching a video on the Dogfart Network. And finally, to the man of the hour, Mr. Tony Khan. Apparently, you aren't even roasting talent anymore. AEW answers the question, what do you get when you mix a Rich Dad, a Mark, a Meltzer, and Dixie Carter's playbook? Your roadmap to success appears to be a Eugene coloring book. I'm not saying that you're doing a horrible job, but your ratings are falling faster than JR's face. And Tony, stop hugging people. You have the likability and appeal of an Olympic gymnast team doctor. With running a wrestling promotion, at times it feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Now you know how Eddie and Adam's knees feel. But if you stay the course you're on, I'm sure that you'll find some level of mediocrity that will keep your neck beard, mouth breathing fans happy, disgruntled former WWE workers employed, and your company barely in business. And if worse comes to worse and AEW fails, there's always Coke to buy with daddy's money. Now tell Joey Ryan to pull my car around. I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Let's hear it for Scott Toon. You know our next roaster for being a WWE champion, AEW champion, and champion backstage. <laughs> Mentor to all the fine young talent at AEW. Please welcome the straight edge superstar, CM Punk. You see this? This mic? This is power. You drunken idiots have given me power. Learn from everything I'm about to preach or die trying. When I created the Straight Edge Society, I shaved Luke Gallo's head, freeing him from being Festus with that guy Jesse and their intro music about biscuits and gravy. Instead of Carissa... Perhaps I should have been the one to shave Adam's head so that I could free him from actual biscuits and gravy. <laughs> back in WWE, when I wanted to bring back ice cream bars, I didn't think Adam would be the most enthusiastic supporter. <laughs> I shouldn't be too hard on you, Adam. You performed and you deserve a snack. Hell, I did it after All Out last year during the press conference, eating from one of my favorite Chicago bakeries. And now the trend continues. Maxwell couldn't get enough of his dill pickles after Revolution. And Adam, now that your set is done, you could be like him and go eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> Scott, I'd rather have another five-minute MMA career than listen to five minutes of Fully Posable. 
I also hear that you can't find time to perform as well as you'd like on Drunk Wrestling History. I tell you what, you're a big baseball fan, right? I'm from the North Side. Maybe you should follow the footsteps of the South Side White Sox and the big hurt Frank Thomas. Start taking Nugenics, like the old wash-up that you are. Get that energy to perform podcast duties, and on top of that, maybe Shannon will find you fuckable again. Eddie, you drunken piece of crap. Over 150 episodes, 38 pay-per-views, redid one of them, and not a single one features me. No, shut up. You and Scott are convincing your audience that the entirety of wrestling history has to do with Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. I always thought you two were idiots, but I never thought I'd have to compare you to politicians and corrupt school boards that ban books. Tell me when I'm telling lies. (laughs) Hogan and Flair are legends, but the fact is that I am sick of the belief that they're immortal. It is actually possible that there are those of us like me that can make them human and surpass records that they have. Don't think I can? Fine. Some like that guy, Dwayne. Like your false god, John Cena. And some like that guy who holds a heavyweight championship hostage while he disappears for months at a time, Brock Lesnar. Sorry, I misspoke. I meant to say Joe Anoa'i. You need to cover shows that feature me, my money in the bank wins, my cash-ins, and how it built my record-breaking heavyweight championship reigns that were done correctly by me wrestling and defending them week in and week out. Instead, you let Joe go home for weeks at a time while Seth Rollins holds the fort and leads (laughs) sing-alongs. you were true to your word about being wrestling historians, you would have done an episode or at least mentioned that our 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln, is in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yes, that Abraham Lincoln for actually doing wrestling, fundamental grapples and takedowns with his long reach. 300 known bouts, he drew big business for his general store, and his most notable bout against the town troublemaker Jack Armstrong and dominated him. Now, you would have been able to cover that if you stopped kissing Ric Flair's ass for one second. Tell me when I'm telling lies! (laughs) To be fair, Rick was probably at the Ford Theater. But Miss Lincoln getting shot because he was having a grope fest with Lauren Boebert. (laughs) While you're all busy swallowing truth pills, Tony Khan. Tony, Tony, Tony. Boo. (laughs) By the way, thanks for the Pepsi. Brand name product. Seeing how this podcast doesn't sell enough shirts, I know they're not paying for it. Are you paying for it? 
No? I suggest you give Colt Cabana the bill. I'm sure he's reliable to pay. (laughs) You know, I got nowhere to be. I'm a gentleman. I'll help out around here. Once I'm done with my set, allow me to let Virgil go on a 15 while I take care of serving. You know, I'm not touching any alcohol, but I could see that hangman Adam Page over there needs a hard punch. Listen, I'm not mad at you for firing me. I agree. If you think an individual is capable of putting you in physical or emotional harm, you get rid of their asses. But what sucks about the situation is that me putting Jack Perry in his place does not put your life in danger. When they slow dance, he can't put his arms around Anna Jay thinking that he might get cooties. Have you seen that shrimp? The two of them are going to be their own cake toppers on their wedding cake. That's how I deal with Jack Perry. I put him aside like the garbage that he is because he decided to be stupid. But lo and behold, the internal investigation and the board of directors indicate that I'm a danger to everyone, including Tony, who did not have shit to do with that night and wants to play God and makes me go away. That's real mature, Tony. You have all this money to create a wrestling platform using the knowledge that I paid for you because a bunch of wrestlers who couldn't hack it in WWE wanted to open your wallet so that they can play instead of run a successful business. You're practically the old guy that created Jurassic Park, blindly hiring from the saps and armpits of the indies, not knowing that nature finds a way and egos lead to misinformed knowledge and cause destruction. That's what you've done, Tony. Tell me when I'm telling lies. No, no, no. I'm not finished yet, because just like the old guy who tried to convince the blood-sucking lawyer that everything is fine, you throw the dumbest fucking tantrum to my fans in Chicago saying that you feared for your life. If I was going to put your life in danger, I'd take Maxwell's advice and convince you to sign Ryback. (laughs) Then you'd really have a problem when he shell-shocks your ass. Whatever the fuck that means. I don't work for you anymore, so I'm allowed to have opinions about you. And like a man, I'll say it to your face. Now that I've finished the main course, allow me to have a little dessert and address the young bucks. Let me tell you a little story about the bucks. You see, Tweedledee and Tweedledipshit over there somehow got EVP titles in AEW And these are EVPs that need to call themselves an EMT right now because they... Are you kidding me? Again? No wonder you idiots can't sell any shirts. CM Punk, everybody. Give it up for him. want to thank you all for joining us for tonight. hope uh, you're having plenty to drink and having a lot of fun with the laughs. And uh, before we bring up our next roaster, there were a few that actually pre-recorded some of their responses. Definitely want to make sure that we share that with Tony to make his night. Hey, everyone. This is the wizard, the Ocho, and the sex god that can put away the bubbly, Chris Jericho. 
I just want to jump in here and say that the first All Elite Drunk Wrestling Podcast obviously needs to include your first All Elite Wrestling Champion. Tony, by taking me in to be the face of your company, I declare that you are now part of my inner circle and a core member of my Jericho Appreciation Society. I don't know if I'd called you a sex god, though. You have a face that looks like a stupid idiot. (laughs) (laughs) To the rest of the Drunk Wrestling History crew, hope the rest of your show sucks, because it'd be awkward for me to dance a musical number after a show of total crap. Hey, everyone. This is Trevor Lawrence, quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Figured I'd jump on here and give a dose of sexy blonde without having to beg Taylor Swift to do it. (laughs) Travis Etienne and I are grateful to be on a team that involved you. You must have taken a look at us running downhill at Clemson and said that those two are going to have a career that goes downhill. That's a deep cut college football joke for those of you who didn't get it. Hope you have a great time tonight and we'll see you in the playoffs. Tony, let us know when you buy our tickets. Well, this must be awkward. Tony, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I built this empire. You're welcome for half of your roster. I'm a businessman, and you look like you came from a worthless sorority led by Chris Nowinski. (laughs) Not at all worried that what you're doing is going to crumble my empire. The biggest threat is when you start hiring interns and paralegals. Want to be ruler of all? Make sure that you don't take shit from anyone. And any kids that may be part of your legacy, don't take shit from them. You teach them a lesson in the ring. If you ever feel like they're coming after your fortune, I don't care if they're your son, your daughter, or catatonic wife that runs for Congress. Be the dominant boss that you can be, damn it. It's now time for Eddie Martin to come on stage, which explains why the first row is now a splash zone. But first, we have to pay him in his Amazon gift cards. Please welcome a shitty ice skater, but bearer of strong swimmers, Eddie Martin! Thank you, thank you. Sorry I took so long to get up to the stage. I had to pee and I'm not allowed to use pee bags anymore. Give it up for Drunk Wrestling History's own vanilla midget, Scott Toon! You know, we goof on Scott a lot because he's old, but he's also a nerd. I mean, this guy can tell you all about the 1991 Hasbro Hulk Hogan with Gorilla Press Slam, Ted DiBiase with Million Dollar Punch, and Chris Benoit with Weight Machine. (laughs) Shannon, how much do you want to fuck this guy right now? Yeah, I didn't think so. To be fair, we only goof on him for being old because he's old. I mean, he's so old, he was born in black and white. At his last birthday party, the cake had so many candles that I thought I was at a great white concert. And this guy, I'm telling you, he loves to drink. It's actually impressive. He drinks so much, he's like a short Tyrion Lannister. Except he drinks and knows nothing. 
But if there's one good thing I can say about him, it's that I never have to worry about him doing a Netflix special worth of material for a roast like Adam. <laughs> Adam, even Dave Chappelle said your set last year was too long. <laughs> but he also said Drake Wirtz and Rick Steiner are his favorite wrestlers, so there's that. <laughs> anyway, Adam, I'll get to you later. But as old as Scott is, he's not nearly as old as Sting. Sting does a better job of hiding it, though, with all that ring gear. He covers up his body more than his face at this point. Last time I saw him in the ring, I thought I was watching a women's match at Crown Jewel. Lots of big stars tonight, and also Colt Cabana. He's here because we saw him and his mom next door at the bank, and we figured why not let him in. But seriously, all the big stars came out to see Tony tonight. We've got Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Hangman Page, Sean Spears. Sean is in catering as usual, but he's still here. Someone told me FTR here, but I don't see them. Virgil, did you forget to put out their booster seats? Okay, okay, go get them and grab a couple for Scott and Adam, too. Virgil's here because he heard there was free food. To be fair, so is Adam. Virgil, if you're going to order, do it now. People are going to need to get their cars from valet soon. Great food tonight, though. The bar is great, too. Well, the bar was great until Jeff Hardy drank it. Speaking of Jeff, his brother Matt is also here. Matt has had some amazing matches in his career and has always been known for doing really cool things in the ring. But there's one thing that everyone loves watching him do more than anything else. Tagging Jeff. I heard Jungle Boy is upset with the bar for putting his drink in a sippy cup. I assume that's because he looks like a child and can't use real glass. Oh, you don't think that's funny, Jungle Boy? Cry me a river, bitch. Everyone's favorite drunk wrestling guests, Carissa and Shannon, are here. They have great seats in the corner, right where they belong. And they're on camera this year. Thanks for doing such a great job of looking like you're interested. A lot of people don't know this, but Carissa reads our sets before the roast to make sure we don't have any similar jokes. She didn't read Adam's this year, though. When I asked her why, she said because she enjoys laughing. And Scott and Shannon brought over their daughter, Peyton. Peyton, I've got to say, it's super cool that you like hanging out with your parents so much. When I was your age, the last thing I'd want to do was hang out with my parents, especially if one of them was Scott. <laughs> None of the Drunk Wrestling History listeners are here tonight. Yeah, that's because we didn't invite any, but maybe we would if you buy a fucking shirt. <laughs> the way that thing is sold, you'd think it was a Jordan Miles shirt. <laughs> Another person who isn't here is Joey Ryan. Now, who would have thought that the guy famous for flipping people with his dick would also be a creepy dick? And he lost his wrestling career because of it. He even got fired from his job at Disneyland. But he has some friends trying to help him get back to running the Jungle Cruise. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are making a video defending him. <laughs> Matt Riddle got fired recently. Brian Pillman Jr. is here. <laughs> Brian recently got a job with WWE, and he has all the tools to be a big star there. And I hope he does well. I hope you have a great run and make a lot of money there, Brian. Because your mom needs meth. She really does, you guys. The most hated man in wrestling, Jim Cornette, is here. A lot of people can't stand him because of the way he talks about modern wrestling. Matt Hardy went so far as to call him toxic, which might be a bit much. There's got to be a better word for him. Something like asshole. <laughs> toxic is a better word for things like Vince McMahon's office environment. Sonny's liver. Sonny's womb. Oh yeah, talk about toxic. Between the liver and the womb, she's sicker than Abdullah the Butcher. Sonny was supposed to be here, but she couldn't make it for obvious reasons. She recently pled no contest to DUI manslaughter and is waiting on her prison sentence. 
And really, prison is probably the best thing for her at this point. Unfortunately, it's going to be just like her porn video, sad and 10 years too late. <laughs> Titus O'Neil is here. Titus had a good in-ring career, but he reinvented himself as WWE's community outreach guy. And there's no one better for that job because he's such a great guy. Just ask anyone who knows him. Even Hogan said he's a great three-fifths of a person. <laughs> Give it up for AEW's crash test dummy, Darby Allen. A lot of people call him the Mick Foley of AEW, which would be accurate if Mick weren't a good wrestler. I think he's actually more like the Johnny Knoxville of AEW. I wish he were the Ryan Dunn of AEW. Knoxville looks a little too athletic to compare him to Darby, though. Darby looks like someone tattooed a Make-A-Wish kid. At least, none of at least none of his tattoos are as bad as Will Ospreay's new one, though. Darby Allen's ex-wife, Gigi Dolan, is here. Gigi's name is a tribute to the infamous punk rock singer, Gigi Allen. And it makes sense to name herself after him because in the Indies, she was known for taking out a tampon in a match and hitting her opponent with it. It was pretty wild. That was the most blood I've seen since Will Ospreay at Forbidden Door. And that brings us to someone with no forbidden doors, Soraya. We goof on Soraya a lot because of her sex tape, but at Drunk Wrestling History, we're like little kids. We make fun of it because we like it. Sometimes I feel bad though, because she said that the videos leaking was the most embarrassing thing to ever happen to her, but it could be worse. She was better off getting hit from behind by Brad Maddox than by Sasha Banks. But hey, I'd rather take a kick to the back from Sasha Banks in New York than from Rey Mysterio in Mexico. But you got to look at the positive side of it, Soraya. It helped Adam move on from his Candice Michelle foot fetish. <laughs> CM Punk is here. Punk is known for being straight edge, which means no drugs, no alcohol, and no job. <laughs> He's had issues with the AEW locker room, and it started when Hangman Page pissed him off in a promo. Apparently what he said took Punk by surprise, which makes sense. Who would have ever thought that the most boring wrestler in the company should come with a trigger warning? <laughs> and lots of guys have heat with Punk. Dolph, Dolph Ziggler, for example, is mad at Punk for stealing his gimmick. An unemployed wrestler. <laughs> we were all hoping he'd end up having a good career in AEW, but the whole thing just ended up being a disaster. But hey, at least it was better than his UFC run. <laughs> the Bunny is here. And the Bunny is the only person I've ever seen slip on the thumbtack she just poured on the mat. It was the clumsiest thing I've ever seen, and it was also the moment I realized maybe wrestling isn't for her. She's just not very good. Gwyneth Paltrow on skis is better than the bunny in the ring. And speaking of skiing accidents, the only thing wider than one, Seamus is here. Talk about white, he looks like a seagull that got color. Actually, he looks like Gigi's tampon. Seamus likes telling us that he had banger after banger after banger. Adam says the same thing, but he's talking about sausages. <laughs> and as much as Seamus will be remembered for looking like Ron Weasley on steroids, he'll also be remembered for something else. Proving that even if you're Triple H's workout buddy, if you suck, you suck. <laughs> Nia Jax is here. Nia recently returned to WWE, and the WWE universe is wondering who she's going to hurt first. I don't want to say she's dangerous, but I'd rather be in a car with Jay Briscoe than in the ring with Nia. <laughs> Eric Rowan is here. He had a nine-year run at WWE, which is a huge accomplishment. But he hasn't done much since he was released. I mean, I don't want to say things haven't gone well for him, but he's had worse luck than Bray or Brody. <laughs> Hopefully both those guys get into the Hall of Fame this year. They definitely deserve it. 
Vince would probably even name awards after them, except they weren't racist homophobes. Before I get to Tony, let's talk about Adam and his haircut. Adam shaved his head and donated his hair to make a wig for a cancer patient, which is ironic because now he looks like a cancer patient. I don't want to say it's a bad look, but he looks like Connor the Crusher if he'd been able to eat. And he looks like he might have donated a couple brain cells with that hair. If I didn't know better, I'd think he needs a slow children sign in front of his house. But Adam, so many people love you. The podcast listeners, your co-host, the guy who owns Chili's. <laughs> Speaking of Chili's, a couple more trips there and you're going to look like a brain-damaged Conrad Thompson. And that brings us to the man of the hour, the man with no power, the man with no idea how to keep a fucking locker room under control, Tony Khan. Tony, I'll try to make this quick. I heard Brutus Beefcake just showed up with some uh, powdered aspirin, so I know you'll want to get backstage. <laughs> Tony grew up rich, and like a lot of people from rich families, he decided to give back to the community and start a charity. And it's for a great cause. It provides jobs for unemployable wrestlers. <laughs> Tony produces a wrestling show that week after week after week loses viewers every quarter hour. I wouldn't say he's exactly a bad producer, but I would say Alec Baldwin does a better job. But with some of the indie wrestlers Tony's hired, it's probably just a matter of time before someone dies on a show. It's a really dangerous place to work with those guys. I'd feel more safe in the Gaza Strip than in Tony's ring. <laughs> Tony got named Booker of the Year, but to everyone else besides Dave Meltzer, he's kind of a joke. I mean, he spent $100 million so he could be friends with wrestlers. Even Herb Abrams called you a money mark, Tony. And I have to question some of those friends. You seriously thought Big Bill was a good addition to your roster? This guy has put more people to sleep than Ambien. And he handles his booze worse than Jeff Hardy. And you can't teach that. Well, Tony, with Vince McMahon potentially looking at prison time, you might finally have a shot at being the top wrestling promoter. Because let's be honest, you were never going to beat Vince. And that's all because of one reason. It's because for Vince McMahon, wrestling was never a hobby. Thank you! Thank you, Eddie. Well, we've all gotten a lot of things off our chests, but it's now one remaining man's turn to take swipes at us for the sake of building ratings. Or lowering them. <laughs> Either way, you could catch it on his Twitter meltdown about our show. <laughs> Please welcome the CEO of All Elite Wrestling and the man who will now be conducting CM Punk's exit interview, Tony Khan! <laughs> Hey, you guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. I must say, this is a great night being in the same room with all the wrestlers that these three obsess over. It's like I'm at the WWE buffet and I get first picks. Sorry, Adam. Didn't mean to raise your hopes about a buffet. You guys, Adam's favorite AEW wrestler is the Butcher. (laughs) 
I also named one of our weekly programs in honor of one of Adam's favorite phrases. Dine? I might. Dine? I might. (laughs) You guys, I am so loaded that I don't have to make meticulous spending decisions like Eddie and Adam for WrestleMania tickets. I heard you had so much back and forth about where to sit that you ended up in the nosebleeds. Then again, knowing how extreme Philly crowds are, anywhere you sit, you're bound to have your noses bleed. (laughs) I have done so much for all these wrestlers that I just want a place for them to show their abilities and entertain fans, you guys. I've done so much to have the most elite and diverse women's division consisting of many races, sexual orientations, the transgender community, and a space alien, you guys. (laughs) AEW breaks glass ceilings. Unlike Eddie, who does it and collects it from Mercedes Monet. (laughs) You guys. I'm also loaded to the point that I'd like to invest in Scott and Jeff for Fully Posable, where you can cover all the top-selling toys and figures featuring AEW talent. I'd also like to add an AEW name to your show. Unfortunately, you guys, that name is Excalibur. You guys, CM Punk acts like a punk the same way Andy Dick acts like a dick. (laughs) Phil, I had to do, okay? It was a very stressful and overly emotional time for me. It was so stressful trying to sell a stadium show in London, you guys. I have to make sure my child, AEW, is still going strong while I voluntarily give alimony to my other child, Ring of Honor, you guys. And the stress of everything led me to have several drinks that I could have started a podcast. <laughs> and then I drank more and more, hoping that Arnold Scollin would pay for my tab. And then he never showed up, you guys. So I had to release Calvin Ridley's contract from the Jaguars just to cover the build and get here, you guys. <laughs> And then you couldn't just let the windshield thing just happen with Hook and Jungle Boy? You guys. You get in everyone's face. And I couldn't afford to have someone killed at Wembley and end up with another Hulkster in heaven, you guys. I couldn't live with that. And then Chicago came. My flight got in late, you guys. And all I could eat was from the wiener circle late at night. And they said all these mean things to me. And they made fun of me. Why were they singling me out, you guys? (laughs) And then after that, 
I had to go out and confront the truth to all of Chicago. Do you know how hard that is, you guys? <laughs> no. You don't know how hard it is, you guys. It's because I produce the most successful and truly the only wrestling platform, you guys. Dixie Carter can learn a thing or two from me about obsessing over numbers, you guys. <laughs> and with all the successful talent that I've been able to sign, like Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, Adam Page, Adam Cole, Adam Copeland, say... I should just sign Adam Rabinovitz to AEW because clearly he's the most coherent out of the three of you. <laughs> and to be honest, you guys, he's the only one that I know because I still haven't seen any of you two at my live shows. <laughs> I'm proud to say that this was the most successful drunk wrestling roast because it's all elite. And I hope you all enjoy the shows that they have to come. Thanks, you guys. Tony Khan. You guys. <laughs> thank you very much. That is our show. I want to thank Scott and Eddie and CM Punk. We'll see him in seven years when Elon Musk buys Impact, thinking he can make it relevant. Stay safe and stay drunk. Good night.